0: So this morning we're going to continue our discussion and our exploration into this um, powerful book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And um, this is I'm going to be this is week three of a four-week um, series. And um, up till now, we've been talking about what is necessary in order to heal our lives. What is necessary? And, and really, what is it that we're wanting to heal in our lives? So we've started with the question on, on part one. So if this is your first week in joining into this series, even though it's our third part, I'll catch you up. I'll bring you up to speed and let you know um, you're, you're exactly where you need to be. You're not lost. You're exactly... Um, at the right place at the right time, receiving the message that's yours to receive. And what we've talked up t- about up to this point is, is getting some clarity about what is the problem. What are those areas of our life that we're wanting to experience healness and wholeness to change in our life? We've talked about what is the problem and, and also how to change it. I mean, if you were to look at the different areas of your life, if you were to look at your body, your relationships, your work, your finances, your spiritual well being, all of the circumstances, circumstances, those um, conditions that circle you, that stand around you, circumstance, those that which is standing around you in a circle, what is it that has your attention? that's pulling at you? What is it that you may be Rubik's Cubing and laying awake at night trying to solve and trying to figure out? These are the areas that we are bringing these principles, choosing to bring these principles that Louise offers in her book to heal, to restore to ourselves a perception of wholeness in those areas of your life. If you stop and check in, where is it that you want to be? Are you where you want to be in your life right now? And if not, then it's natural to ask those questions. What's the problem and how to change? In the past two weeks, we've taken a look at that. The first thing was is what is the problem if you've followed up, we you already know what the problem is. The problem is what we think about the problem <laughs> and how to change is to take action on that. But whatever it is that we may be facing, we have to speak to more than that which is in the world of effects. What, what do I mean by that? So let's say you're needing more dollars More dollars in your life. And you you may ask, well, what's the problem? Well, I need more money, which is a relevant answer. The circumstances in which you may find yourself right now is that you may be single and you're looking for love. What's the problem? Well, the problem is I'm lonely. The doctor may have given you a diagnosis. What's the problem? Well, what he said. And at the surface, at in the world of effects, and what I mean by effect, those things that I can touch, that I can see, those things that co- have come to pass, our problems are all calling for our attention, and we must take care of those effects as we're guided. But as Louise offers in her book. And what we know in Science of Mind, Science of Mind is the teaching, the philosophy that we embrace at Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. It is, in fact, Louise Hay, she was a Science of Mind minister. And so what we know is that at the level of effect, when we are looking in our world and we see conditions, we know that metaphysically, beyond the physical, that that there was a thought in mind that created that concept or image first in mind, and then through the creative law, it became physical. So when we're looking at effects, it's actually, it's a, a couple steps removed. I mean, the chair that you're sitting in right now, this chair that I'm sitting in right now, This began as an idea in someone's mind, and then through the creative process, the process of bringing things from idea into form, and there is a law, there's a process by which that happens. We teach classes on that, that because of that creative process, it's a physical object where I'm sitting on this chair. So in order for there to be any type of effect, whether it's a chair, whether it is the experience of loneliness or dis-ease or lack and limitation and poverty, experiences and effects had even a, a cause that began first, it began first with a thought, a thought in mind. And then it became an object. And so when we get really clear in our minds, if what we're facing is an effect, that it's not some entity with some agenda to take us down. And unfortunately, when we don't know that everything begins first as a thought in our mind, we may have the perception and, and um, the, 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 the thought we may be thinking that our circumstances need to be solved because it's going to, it, there, it is there to take us down. The dis that we may be experiencing in our body. <laughs> now, we know this is not to be true. As I say this, it may sound funny, but, but, but that dis-ease in your body isn't having a meeting at night while you're going to sleep, going, okay, now let's see, how can we really screw her up this time? How can we really screw them up? There's not some agenda to take you down. Our experience of separation or or loneliness, if we only take care of the effect and not deal with the cause of it, then we're likely to have the effect of it again. And this is why it's important for us to do this work, to get to what the real causes are, what the real problem is, and what the real problem is, is what we think the problem is. You know, Louise Hay she offers in her book, and here, let me share, this is the very first sentence in the first chapter, she says that what we think about ourselves becomes the truth for us. What we think about ourselves becomes the truth for us. So whatever we have are calling a problem or a condition or a circumstance or an, even an effect, whatever we believe is not good, it first started with a thought. What we think about ourselves becomes the truth about us. What we think about the world becomes the truth for us. That means what we think about what's going on in the world. First, actually, we have a thought and then we see it mirrored to us. That's actually how it happens. We first, we have a thought and then we see evidence of it. But, but let's just say we're starting first with taking a look at the evidence and working our way backward. When we look at the world and we see things not working for us, what this is serving to remind us is that there was a thought first. And what life is mirroring back to us is what's going on within us. Whenever we're facing a problem, whenever we're facing a problem, or even expecting that there is or that there will be a problem, there's a mental cause. And this may be for, if you've been around this teaching for a while, this may may say, oh, I already know that. But unless our lives show evidence of it, we only know about it. And so in your life today, are there conditions Are there effects that you are ready to have a new experience? And what it requires is us uprooting, setting aside those thoughts that were in fact the original cause. The key to all of this is to change. It boils down to us using our powers for good rather than evil. You know, we have superpowers, and the superpowers that we have is that we can think, and in thinking, we create our experience. Whatever we think becomes truth, the truth for us, and we can use that power in this moment to think a new thought, and then use our powers for good to create a life that we would love to live. You know, a farmer decides in the spring that he's going to plant corn. And somehow the seeds get mixed up. And instead of planting corn, he ends up planting alfalfa. What is the soil going to sprout for the farmer? You can put that in the chat. So here he thought he was gonna he was planting corn, but he in fact planted alfalfa. What is the soil going to sprout for the farmer? Alfalfa, right? Yeah, this is not a surprise. And I know that maybe if the farmer went outside and said, Oh, please, and, and went to the ground and said, please, maybe even up to the heavens, please give me corn. Give me corn. What's he going to get then? What's he going to get then by by arguing with the soil or arguing even with the heavens about the seeds that he plants it? He's going to reap what he sows. And the thoughts that we have planted in our minds and those thoughts that we have given our attention, we have watered it with our attention then we're going to, life is going to produce for us the fruit of the thoughts that we think. If we're having thoughts that life is difficult and hard and that you can't trust, you can't trust, you can't trust people to do the right thing. You can't trust politicians to do the right thing. And we might say, well, we're saying that because we have evidence of it. And we may have evidence of it because it is what we planted to begin with. The farmer is seeing alfalfa in his, in his crops because that's what he planted. And this isn't to blame us, but it is to remind us of the responsibility that we have, the ability to respond, to create the life that we would love to live. Taking back our power. Not begging the conditions to change, not begging our family and friends to show up in a certain way in order to make us happy, but to affirm and know that I am happy. And that because happiness radiates from me, because good radiates out from me, that is what is returned to me. That is what I see in the world. You see, if I plant a new thought in my mind, I have a new experience. You know, the conversations that we can have with our friends about how hard things have been lately. You know, someone can ask you, you know, how's, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you? How are you? And you say, well, I can't complain. I can't complain. Do you realize that in fact is a complaint? (laughs) That is a complaint. And all of this, everything that we put out comes back to us. This is one of the key principles that Louise um, um, starts in chapter one of her book. Some of her, her her ideas. That's what we teach in science of mind. That's what all of the major wisdom traditions teach: is that what we put out is returned back to us. It's that law of circulation. We reap what we sow. It is the law of our life, and if the seeds that we are planting, that maybe I'm not good enough. There's not enough to go around. I don't deserve it. It, it wouldn't even happen to me if I did deserve it <laughs> because things never work out for me. I always get the broken one. I'm not a lucky person. In fact, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Now, some of these might be funny sayings, and things that we may say in jest but our subconscious mind the law subject the, the the collective unconscious subjective mind doesn't know a joke the 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 farmer planting alfalfa seeds when he really wanted corn the 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 ground is not saying oh the farmer he really wanted corn so i'll give him corn When we're planting weeds in our consciousness, when we're arguing with reality, you know what? We're going to lose that argument every time. So last week I talked about how to create change in our lives by changing our mind. That is the key. Changing our mind. And when do you think we can change our minds? When can we change our minds? I invite you put that in the chat. When is it possible for us to think a new thought? Does it have to wait till Monday, tomorrow, when everything be- new begins, when all the diets, all of the working out, when all of the changes happen on Monday? Do we have to wait till Monday when can we create change in our life in this moment, in the now? And it requires for us to decide, for that change. That's what I talked about last week deciding, making a decision for the change, cutting off the options, cutting off the past, recognizing it and blessing it for what it was, and blessing it that it has brought us to awareness that it hasn't been working. And here we are ready for a new thought. And so today we're talking about building the new. And we've made a decision to change. Have you made a decision? Is there an area of your life that over these past couple of weeks, as we've been exploring at it, exploring it, is there an area of your life that you say, I'm ready for different and more? I'm ready for to have a new experience. I have decided for this. I have made a decision. So the question is, Is what new truth have you decided to embrace about yourself and about the world in order to have a new experience? If you haven't made a decision yet because of some thought, I have to figure it out first, well, then you are finding evidence of that. Do you see how this works? We have a thought, and it creates our experience. I don't know what it is that I want, if you don't know, then who does? So embrace a new thought. What the changes that I am wanting to create in my life are easily revealed to me. My eyes are open. I see and I hear the the, 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 the good that life is longing to bring into my experience. And I decide for more good in my life. I decide today to set aside those thoughts and ideas that don't serve me. I make a decision today to choose to look at what is working. And if you're still figuring it out, that's okay. It's part of the process. But share in the chat, what what area of your life are you working on now? Area of your life are have you made a decision for? And I'm going to offer you a couple thoughts here to support you in that time of transition while we deal with the law of unfoldment because we're living in a time space reality and we have there's the appearance of the experience of a delay. We have a thought and it appears to take time. That is that is a, a um. Uh, an experience. We're living in a physical world with time. And so there can appears to be the time between a new thought and what we witness. And it's in that delay between the thought and the experience that many of us get tripped up. And so that is what I want us to, to support ourselves and how I want to support you this morning. We plant seeds that we want. But as things begin to change in our lives, this thing that that we want to work it maybe it doesn't appear to be working yet. And maybe it hasn't shown up yet. And we, we still are noticing what isn't working. And so then we end up giving our attention to what isn't working. And then guess what? We get more of what's not working. And so we need to tend the new garden. While we may not have the fruit of it yet, if we continue to pay attention to the old patterns, it's going to choke out the new plants. So today the reminder is, is that we need to create systems in our life to support us in this new truth, in this new vision that we have for our lives. The reason we keep getting the old stuff is because our life up till now has been set up to support the old life, the old ideas. And so building the new, what we need to do is create structures and systems to support the, the new life, the new way of being. You know, when we're dealing with the world of effects and living our life as it is in this moment, we're using our five senses and we're using logic. But when we're talking about creating a new life that is still in the realm of thought, in the imagination, in the world of spirit, when we're talking about a new truth for ourselves, let me tell you something. We can't depend on our logic. We can't depend on our senses when we look at the world because it doesn't apply yet. What we need to use is other mental faculties that we have, such as imagination, and particularly our will. I want you to write that down, will. I'm not talking about willpower, but I'm talking about will. Will, our will, is the power that we have to understand and allow. It's not a force. And in this understanding, this understanding that we do have power to take action, we do have power to create new patterns that move us forward. And and these new patterns will move us forward. Will, W I L L, understands that we need to move our boat into the stream. And it's the current of the stream that moves us forward. You know, I give you a personal example. You know, I had a desire to create a new experience for myself. I wanted a truth to be for myself that I play the guitar. <laughs> and Kevin's watching this; he may laugh a little. I wanted the truth to be that I play I, that I play the guitar. And up to that point, I didn't. And logic gave me all sorts of reasons why it was not a good idea. I don't have time. And even a bigger one, I don't have a guitar. This was at the time when I was doing this work. But spending time in my imagination, I saw myself in my mind's eye, not in the conditions and my circumstances yet, but in my mind, I saw myself playing the guitar. And so then I used my will to begin to understand and to do what is required and to take actions based on the new reality in my mind. So what did I do? I went and I looked at guitars. And even before buying my first guitar, I signed up for lessons. Even before I had a guitar, I signed up for lessons and then I bought the guitar. And I took a couple years of lessons. And I can play the guitar uh, maybe this much. <laughs> and that's not that's not the, the the illustration is is we use our will to take actions that are based on on something that may just reside in our imagination. We don't use logic using our conditions to move into this new life. So in building a new truth for yourself, you need to put logic on hold, logic that is based on conditions. When you're thinking about your dream, you need to live from that new truth and use your will. Will is the ability to ch- to choose what you're looking at. Use your will to step into that new life. So how do we get to that new thought from the place? How do we get to the new place from where we may currently be living? Well, we plant new seeds. We visualize. We affirm. We you treat our minds, condition them, make them malleable to envision and to embrace the possibility that something new is on its way to us and then we tend to those seeds that we planted and we tend to the seeds of i'm prosperous and i'm healthy and i'm active and i'm surrounded by people who love me and then and and as i give my attention to the seeds uh, that that are in my mind that I have planted in the soil of my subconscious, I let the old truths that I may have evidence of, I stop watering them. I stop giving them my attention. Oh, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I let those die in the ground by not giving them my attention. So how do I get there? I want to read you a quote I want to read you a quote here from Louise, and she says, in building a new truth for yourself, oh, this is my quote, building a truth for yourself, you need to put logic on hold when you're thinking of your dream and live from your truth. And here's what Louise says, and and, and how do we get there? Think thoughts that make you happy. Do things that make you feel good. Be with people who make you feel good. Eat things that make your body feel good. Go at a pace that makes you feel good. These are five definite steps to support you in building the new. The first one was was think thoughts that make you happy. Louise writes in chapter eight of her book that we're taught to fight our unwanted things mentally. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be in this job that I hate. I don't want this person in office. I don't want that person in office, Etc. 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 We have been trained to fight against the thoughts of what we don't want. And this is no different than the farmer saying, I don't want alfalfa. Don't give me alfalfa. I don't want alfalfa. And how effective is that? How has telling everyone you know, and maybe you haven't told everyone, but you've told those special dear ones in your life about what isn't working, Why isn't it working for you? Telling your friends, telling yourself about how you don't want something, has it changed anything for you? Telling yourself even what's wrong with you, has that changed anything for you? How effective has that been? But it's true, Reverend Allen, it's true. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be broke. Okay. But focusing on what's not wanted is not the criteria to give you the energy and the attention. The criteria is truly to focus on. If we're going to build the new, it's to ask ourselves, is this what I want in my life? Is this what I want? Is this what I want to experience? Mary Morrissey, the New Thought teacher, she off asked the question, is this what I would love? Ask yourself this. Close your eyes for a moment. Look at an area of your life that where you may been, be wanting change and say, is this what I would love? when we're dealing from the level of cause and creating new patterns of thought, that's the only relevant criteria. Is this what I would love in my life? And why is that true? Well, Louise, she says this. The more you dwell on what you don't want, the more of it you will create. For some of you, this may be you. Oh, I know that already. <laughs> You know what I have to say about that? You know what I have to say about that? To know about something is not the same thing as knowing it. Unless your life is, is creating evidence of it, you only know about it. The more you dwell on what you don't want, the more of it you'll create. And so in order for us to build the new in our lives, we have to change what we're thinking. We have to think Thoughts that are affirmative. We have to train our minds to look at what is working and to give our attention to that and to water it. And going back to that quote from from Louise Hay, I want to close here this morning with that. Is these are the steps in building the new. It's very simple. Think thoughts that make you happy. Think thoughts that make you happy. And, and as you do, you're going to feel good. And guess what you're going to do then? You will then begin to do things that make you feel good. And as you begin to do things that make you good feel good, you are going to be with people that make you feel good. And if they don't make you feel good, well, then get new people. You have to start making choices about how and where you're spending your time because we're thinking thoughts that make us feel good. You take classes. You attend services such as this. You and get involved in spiritual living groups. We've been having groups that have been meeting on Wednesdays. Our women's ministry met yesterday. You meet with groups of people that make you feel good, that support you in creating this new life. And number four is you begin to care about yourself. Because you want to feel good, you tend to that. You order those seeds, then you eat things that make you feel good, make your body feel good. And finally, you go at a pace that makes you feel good. You could say that these five elements are all natural. All natural. And when we're finally living that new life, that so many people are waiting to happen magically. It doesn't happen magically. If you're planting alfalfa but expecting corn, it's not going to happen. So getting clear on what is it that you would love and then beginning to think thoughts that make you feel good about it and doing things that feel good and being with people that support you and see you in that way and then treating your body and your life in a way that feels good and then only moving as fast as the slowest part of you. This is all in alignment with loving the self and approving of the self so that we are free to embrace the good that's already present. And we'll become begin to see more. We'll begin to be more. We'll begin to love more. I want to offer you an affirmation to work with this week. And that is, I approve of myself. I approve of my self. This is beginning to to acknowledge that the choices that you're making about the life that you're living is within your power, and that you approve of yourself. You approve of what you're thinking. You approve of what you're doing. You approve of what you're eating. Work with that this week, and next week, we're going to move into new beginnings and what does it look like to be living that new life that new healed life after doing the work that we've been doing up to this point